0: So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to first kind of give a brief testimony, and then um, I will share some life lessons, some things that I've learned about life, and I, I'll give you kind of a list of what I'm going to talk about, so you know what I'm going to talk about first. First of all, I'm going to tell you what I've learned about me, and that is that I'm uh, just a total sinner, <laughs> okay? And uh, also what I've learned about God, what I've learned about Jesus, what I've learned about football and parenting. Coaching what I've learned about lawyers. I used to be one of those too um, What I've learned about business uh, Insurance investments teaching. I'm the Bible study fellowship teacher here uh, for the men uh, What I've learned about our last three uh, years that we've studied the things that we've studied in BSF the, the uh, book of Matthew the life of Moses the book of Revelation that we're studying right now life in general and um, so we should be here for a few hours, it sounds like, probably. Huh? <laughs> no, I'll, I'll be done in time, Lord willing. So first of all, just a little bit about me. And as I said, my, uh, my credentials are I am a sinner saved by grace, and I am a total goofball. I was uh, born, as you heard here in Bozeman, raised in Cheyenne, Wyoming. My parents are both from Haver, Montana. My dad came here to play football. My mom went to the Grizzlies to be a cheerleader. So a bobcat father and a grizzly mom, but they ended up getting married. And um, so then she moved here. They had me while they were still in school. And then, um, as Susan mentioned, uh, grew up in Cheyenne, Wyoming, came back here to school at Montana State University, was not a believer growing up. And um, I was probably like a lot of typical kids, only I was probably a lot worse. I was just very self-absorbed, very selfish. Uh, totally, you know, not interested in God um, in high school. When I got to college, there were a group of uh, guys on the football team that I knew that were Christians. Most of the guys were not, but some of them were. And they just really stuck out in a real positive way in the sense that they really had this love for other people. They had this love for me, despite the fact that I sure didn't deserve it. Um, But they were just different. They had this radiance about them. So that was something that really struck me. And one night, my senior year in college down, uh, we were playing at Northern Arizona. It was after the game, staying in a hotel. And I ended up rooming with one of these guys who was on the football team. And my normal roommate was hurt, so he wasn't on this trip. So I was rooming with this guy. And I just started asking him some questions and told him that you know I had a real, I had a real issue with religion because there were so many different religions and denominations. I couldn't understand why people just didn't agree on this and also uh, hypocrisy. I just, the people that I knew that were religious, you know, would go out on Saturday night, get drunk and go to church on Sunday sort of thing. And and he explained that I needed to focus not on people and not on religion, but on Jesus Christ. And it was not about a a religion, it was about a relationship with Christ. And he shared some scripture with me, John 3.16, which you all know, I'm sure. And also Revelation 3.20, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and fellowship with him. And so he asked if I wanted to pray with him, and I did. And I prayed to invite Christ into my heart. And um, I did really feel a peace at that time. But on the other hand, I was still very carnal, um, very much uh, self-absorbed, very uh, idolatrous in the sense that football was still my by far the biggest priority in my life and uh, I ended up having an opportunity to go play football in the Canadian Football League after leaving uh, MSU. I played five years in the Canadian Football League in Edmonton for the Edmonton Eskimos and uh, did get involved in a Bible study there but you know really again it was all about football and god was kind of my good luck charm and god had to get my attention and make me realize that um, football wasn't the most important thing and so i ended up getting hurt my fifth year there and uh, some young guy came in and took my place and was playing quite well and ended up getting uh, released getting cut from the football team and uh, i just remember one night crying out to the Lord, you know, Lord, I, I really understand that you're disciplining me and I need to make you a bigger priority in my life. And I, in fact, I was going to law school at the time in Canada and I remember some of the guys in my law class, uh, we were having coffee one day and they asked me if I was a Christian because they didn't even know if I was and I, I said, yeah, but you know, I'm not one of these uh, <coughs> radical sorts of <laughs> um, Christians. Um, So, but then I thought about what I had said, what my response was and realized that, you know, it really didn't make a big difference in my life. I wasn't on fire for God. And so, um, in fact, one of those guys invited me to speak at his church. So I ended up speaking at the church and this is when I really, you know, had no uh, zeal for the Lord, no love for the Lord. But I ended up uh, looking at the Bible, started reading through it and found some stuff in Proverbs that sounded, you know, really practical. So I just read off a bunch of proverbs to these young kids. And, but God started working in my heart, you know, helped me realize that he needed to be a bigger priority. And so um, shortly thereafter, amazingly enough, I had an opportunity, despite being uh, released from a team in the Canadian Football League, to go play football in the NFL for the Green Bay Packers. So I ended up playing two years in Green Bay. And uh, when I was there, I met a guy who was with Athletes in Action. Ministry of Campus Crusade, who was the team chaplain. There was a team Bible study. There was a couple's Bible study. We had chapel services before every game. And that's when I really started to grow, got involved in a good church, um, really started in a disciplined way, getting into God's word and really started sharing my faith with other people. And, um, you know, so God used that difficult time to bring me closer to him and to to uh, help me to grow in my faith. and. And then uh, after five years in Green Bay, um, that ended. I'm sorry, two years in Green Bay, five years in Edmonton. Uh, Then I uh, ended up going back to law school in Wisconsin and and worked in a law firm. Quickly realized that that was not what the Lord wanted me to do with the rest of my life. And then uh, moved back here to Bozeman, began working with a guy that I'm still working with. He's kind of semi-retired at this point by the name of Earl Hansen, who was the Assistant Athletic Director at Montana State University. And so I've been in the insurance and investment business ever since then. And uh, as I mentioned, also involved in Bible Study Fellowship and other ministries in the past, too, like Fellowship of Christian Athletes, and been somewhat involved with uh, Campus Crusade here at MSU in the past. Um, But anyway, I want to talk about these things in the time that we have left. And uh, tell you again, the biggest thing that I I learned about myself is that I am a total fool. and uh i i'm a goofball that needs to learn the hard way like probably a lot of you and i just thank the lord for romans three twenty-three, which says for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of god and are all are justified freely by his grace through the redemption that came by christ jesus so apart from christ i'm a total fool and i'm just so thankful for what he did and um the biggest thing I've learned about God is that he is totally sovereign, he's in control. And Romans 8.28 is really uh, have you know, a key verse in my life, that all things do work together for good for those who love God and are called according to his purpose. And he's shown me that over and over again. And so he is sovereign, he is good, he is omnipotent, he's omnipresent, he's omniscient, he's just, he's holy. But his grace is amazing. And uh, my dad is a, is a great example of that. My dad and I we, um, there was a time in my life where I literally wanted to kill my dad, because he had gone through this midlife crisis. He was cheating on my mom. My mom confided in me, and uh, I, I literally hated him, and that, you know, I kind of rebelled as a result of that. And, um, but two weeks before he died, he just died a couple years ago. Um, I got a chance to share with him, and he had cancer, and among other things, had a whole bunch of things going on. But two weeks before he died, um, I asked him if he was ready, uh, and he had changed a lot since then he he had he and my mom 's relationship was a lot better, but I asked him if he was ready to go uh, go home to meet the Lord and he said, well. Um, you know, I know that God is never going to forgive me for some of the sins that I committed. And um, so I read some passages in, in Romans, in Romans 5, and, and the one that kind of stuck out to him was Romans 5 8, but God demonstrates his own love for us in this, while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. And he asked me to repeat it, and then I ended up playing it on my iPhone, too. <laughs> So he heard it, not just from me, but he heard it from this guy with an English accent on my iPhone. <laughs> but um, anyway, so that made a difference. And I said, well, do you want to pray to receive Christ? And he said, yes, he did. And so he prayed, he prayed that prayer. And uh, so little did I know that the next week, my daughter came down to Arizona, where he was. I had to go back to Bozeman. Um, and he, she came to visit him. She was not walking with the Lord at that time. She, you know, she talked to talk, but she wasn't walking the walk. And a week before he died, he shared with her. And uh, that was quite you know, shocking, I didn't, although I didn't know about it at the time. So, After he died, about six months later, we get this text from my daughter, who's in Missoula going to school, and she says she's getting baptized. So we, she wants us to come over for the baptism. So we come over there, go to her church. Uh, she's up there. The pastor's getting ready to baptize her. Um, she gives her testimony, um, which she says that her, sorry, <laughs> her grandfather told her that she needed to not waste her life, but she needed to be totally committed to God because um, he had wasted his whole life until two weeks before he died. So she um, prayed to commit her life to Christ at that point, and eventually, like I said, became, uh, uh, was baptized later and uh, gave her testimony. And then the pastor, right before she was going to be baptized, asked if I wanted to do it. So I got a chance to baptize her, which was really cool. So, you know, praise God for that. And again, Romans eight twenty eight. 28. Um, so that's what I've learned about God. Is he, is he is sovereign. He is good. God is good all the time, all the time. God is good. And um, what have I learned about Christ? I've learned that he is the way and the truth and the life, like it says in John 14, 6 and 1 John 5, 12. He who has the Son has the life. He who does not have the Son does not have the life. And this next verse, Romans 10, Romans 10 9, is the one that my grandmother prayed a week before she died, uh, that she heard... Uh, and this is Romans 10.9, that if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. And uh, so that, so the most important thing I've learned about Christ is that he is the way and the truth and the life, not to mention he's God in the flesh. What's the most important thing I've learned about football? Uh, football causes brain damage, uh, but I can't remember very much about it. So... Um, <laughs> No, actually, uh, my, my brother-in-law's son did have a traumatic uh, brain injury, so it really does uh, happen. And, but that kid, um, even though he has the intellect of probably about a two-year-old and can't speak, is full of joy, full of the fruit of the Spirit, and just a blessing to be around. And that whole thing that happened you know, made a huge impact on my dad, too. It, it helped his heart be more receptive to the Lord. And um, so no, what did I really learn about football is that um, I think the biggest takeaway is that discipline is a good thing. And uh, God disciplines those he loves. He sure did that in my life. Um, but also he wants us to, to live disciplined lives, to be holy as he is holy. And he gives us his word as, as his playbook and we're to meditate on his word day and night and be careful to do everything that is written in it. And um, again, not just uh, read it, but do what it says. And we need discipline. Uh, We need discipline in the area of purity, discipline in terms of what we put into our minds, discipline uh, as far as what we say, discipline of work, discipline of perseverance, discipline, discipline in many other areas. But the big thing, the big takeaway here is what football taught me is that discipline is a good thing. That it's important to be disciplined and organized, and, and God does discipline those he loves. What's the biggest thing that I've learned about marriage that you need to know? Um, apologize and appreciate your spouse. Learn to say, I'm sorry, and learn to say thank you. And another very scriptural principle here is, if mama ain't happy, ain't nobody happy. (laughs) And happy wife, happy life. So love your spouse like Christ loved the church. Um, Parenting, what's the most important thing I've learned about parenting? Pray and pray and pray some more. Pray for your kids and be a godly example to your kids. Uh, I coached many, many, many years. I've coached all kinds of sports, but uh, the one that I've done more coaching in is basketball. I love basketball. I used to play a lot of basketball. And the biggest thing I've learned in basketball, coaching and playing, is that encouragement yields better results than criticism. And uh, 1 Thessalonians 5.11 says, therefore encourage one another and build each other up, just as in fact you are doing. And the other thing about basketball, it takes a team. Uh, no matter who's on your team, one guy alone is, is not enough. You need a team. You need to be unselfish and we need other people and that's true in the spiritual life too. We can't be lone rangers. Uh, there, Satan is a roaring lion and he wants to devour each one of us. He wants to divide and conquer us. We need to stay together and encourage each other. So, biggest thing I learned from basketball and coaching is encouragement. Um, What's the biggest thing I learned about lawyers? (laughs) Um, There's too many of them. No, No, you know how you tell uh, when a lawyer is lying? When his lips are moving, when his mouth is open. Um, No, Uh, actually, the biggest thing I learned about the law profession is that that is not what the Lord wanted me to do. I decided I wanted to be a lawyer before I was a believer. I did not pray about that. The only reason I decided I wanted to do that is because I thought it sounded kind of prestigious and maybe I'd make a lot of money. And there's definitely good Christian lawyers and God needs good Christian lawyers, but um, that wasn't my gift, that wasn't my calling. God had better plans for me. So the, the moral of that story is don't do something without praying about it first. And don't do something that God has not called you to do. Okay, the biggest thing I've learned about business, and I've been doing that for 27 years here in Bozeman, is that uh, we need to serve other people and bless other people. And if you can find something uh, in an area where you can bless and serve other people where you're gifted, the Lord will really bless that. And uh, Jesus said this, it's recorded in at least three of the gospels, just as the son of man did not come to be served, but to serve um, and to give his life as a ransom for many. So, that's, that should be our lives, too. We came to serve and not be served. What's the most important thing I've learned about ministry? Um, and that, that is that life, all of life, is ministry. It's not just some vocation. Uh, it's not just some entity. It's every day. And um, the, the key thing is relationships. Um, people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. Um, And we need to develop an interest in other people. I heard this story about this guy in a coffee shop. And he put up a sign. He said, I'll buy anybody coffee if you'll listen to what I have to say about Jesus. Nobody came to talk to the guy. So he put up another sign, and it just said, I want to hear your story. People were buying him coffee. And he was telling them about Jesus. And he actually did it. He, he told about how he shared with several people and people came to know Christ just because he showed an interest in them. So uh, another thing uh, about ministry is it's important to talk to the man or the lady about God before you uh, talk. I said it backwards. Talk to God about the man or the lady until you talk to the man or the lady about God. So pray about it first before you... You share with folks. Pray for them to be receptive. Um, insurance. I've been in the insurance business and investment business for many, many years. What did I? What's the biggest thing I learned about that? The best insurance is eternal assurance because the premium has been paid for that. Okay, it's free and it lasts forever. So, but uh, you have to accept that gift. The best investment in the world is to store up treasure in heaven. Uh, Matthew 6, 19 through 20 says, do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal, but lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth (laughs) nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal. Okay, what's the most important thing I've learned about teaching? That is to point people to Jesus and preach Christ and Christ crucified and What's amazing, too, is, is that this scarlet thread of redemption runs through the, the entire Bible, through from Genesis to Revelation, through all of Scripture. Christ is in Scripture. And 2 Timothy 3.16 says, All Scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. And Hebrews 4.12 says, says, for the word of God is alive and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. And the other thing about teaching, so point to Jesus, but also talk about God and his attributes. Magnify God. Glorify God. Okay. Now, uh, some of the teaching that we've done in BSF the last three years, we've been through, like I said, the book of Matthew, uh, the life of Moses, and Revelation. So I'm going to talk about the biggest lesson I learned in each of those studies. Matthew, uh, the thing that really hit me was Matthew 6.33. Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. It's, It's the heart that matters. The heart of the matter is the matter of the heart. So... Um, seek him first. The life of Moses, what did I learn from that study? Um, As I kind of alluded to earlier, Jesus is in the Old Testament, too. He's not just in the New Testament. There's the sacrificial system that you see in these Old Testament books. Uh, There's the deliverance from, from Egypt, which is a picture of our deliverance. There's the Passover lamb. Um, Also, the other thing that really uh, hit me in the life of Moses is there's blessings uh, for obedience and and consequences for disobedience. The Israelites learned the hard way like I did when I was growing up. They uh, ended up wandering through the desert for a lot of years when they didn't need to. Um, We need to flee from idolatry and immorality. And then the book we're studying right now in BSF is Revelation. And the kind of the key verse for, for me has been chapter 1, verse 3, where it says, Blessed is the one who reads aloud the words of this prophecy, and blessed are those who hear it and take to heart what is written in it, because the time is near. So it's not about, you know, which, which theory of the timing of the rapture is, is the most correct theory, even though I definitely have strong opinions on that. But the most important thing is to take to heart what God's word says and uh, not be so caught up in, in the timing and all the, the details, but to keep our eyes focused on Jesus and take to heart what is written. And, and be ready because the time is near and God wins. God wins. He's coming back and we have hope and, and he is worthy of our worship. Um, The most important thing I've learned about life in general is we only get one of them. And uh, we don't want to waste it. And Bill Curtis, who's sitting right back there, a lot of you guys know Bill. Bill's key verse, verses, 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 through 18, rejoice always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances. Uh, He has not wasted his life. He's using it still at his age of, 80-plus, right, Bill? 82-something? or 83? (laughs) He's still serving the Lord. uh, And and it's such a blessing, such an encouragement. And so I just praise God for him. I thank you for him. He's just such a prayer warrior, too. There's this poem written by C.T. Studd that says, Only one life will soon be passed. Only what's done for Christ will last. So Bill's a great example, and we need to be a godly example like him. We need to have the humility of Christ like he does and keep our eyes on the cross like he does to fix our eyes on Christ. And so I just want to read this last passage as we close here. And uh, keep in mind, you know, tomorrow is Good Friday, and Sunday (coughs) is Easter Sunday. And so just think about this as we're reading through this. Do nothing, this is from Philippians 2, Starting verse three, do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, rather in humility, value others above yourselves, not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of others. And your relationships with one another have the same mindset as Christ Jesus, who being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used for his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, Father God, we thank you so much, first of all, for who you are, that you are sovereign, that you are totally in control, that you are holy, and that you are pure, and yet you are gracious. And We thank you so much for your Son, who died for us on the cross. We thank you for his example of humility, and also his willingness to uh, lay down his life for us, to be totally unselfish and humble. And so help us to be like that. Help us to take up our cross and follow you and, and to serve people and to bless people and to be wise. And uh, this uh, Easter season, Lord, uh, help us to just realize and remember what you did on the cross and also realize that you were resurrected from the grave and that we have hope because of that. And we just look forward to seeing you one day face to face. Thank you so much for your son.